Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we're going to have a great topic and the question is, is human equality a myth? I'm excited about what you got to share today, John. I'm the color commentary. Good to be back. Yeah, you have, uh, we've been, well, as many of you know, I didn't even put up a podcast last week. Uh, so my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, has been sucking wind with a uh, kidney stone. <laughs> yes, not recommended by Duncan Hines. Kidney stones, stents, all kinds of tubes in your body, out of your body. Oh, okay, so this it's all behind st- me now. The stent idea... Um, yeah, dude, I, um, yeah, I shudder at the thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, (laughs) got through it. All the tubes were pulled two weeks ago tomorrow and I'm almost back to my abnormal self. There you go. Just hanging out with you. I got my China shirt on today. Uh, (laughs) Matches my wife's fine China. She did not see me wearing this coming out of the house. She would not let this be. It's going up on the world wide web. So. (laughs) In case anybody thinks that we're bright, <laughs> we've proven them wrong. Amen. I'm telling you, I, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to send this to your wife and go, why did you send them out of the house like that? I just, I want to know why. <laughs> she doesn't know about it. Oh, that is so funny. <clears throat> well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we're going to get started in this because we have a lot to cover. We're going to try and keep it in an hour, but man, this is this is so important because uh, everyone's screaming, you know, equality, equality, equality. But what does that look like? And is equality actually a myth? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's so much in the Bible on this issue. Yeah. So we're and ready I, to roll. I was, watching, I was watching a video of uh, Marines and this lady who's a Marine. And she's like, I can whoop any man. <laughs> I could not believe it. They actually put a man in the ring with her. They, so they, they suited up, you know, they put the gloves on, they put the headgear on, they get in the ring and this dude, he took it serious <laughs> and he knocked her out. That's not even funny, Yeah, but it is funny because the reality is we're different. It's sad, funny, you know, it's, it's like, we're just in such a screwed up world oh, yeah. and a culture that has departed God has departed truth is, is the, well, the Bible says they, they, they heap out of themselves teachers with believing fables. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be really helpful for our, yeah. our listeners to just get this big picture from a historical biblical vantage point and kind of this woke culture mm-hmm. is like devoid of God and just trying to strap, Hey, you know, we're all for f- equal rights for people. Yes. But let's, Let's There's a difference between equal rights and equality. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of uh, interesting. Hey, brother, open us in a word of prayer, and then we'll get busy. Let's pray. Father, thank you for opportunity to share the word of God uh, in this uh, podcast uh, opportunity. Pray for our listeners to be blessed, to learn. Uh, Lord, open our eyes to see your word, understand it, and understand uh, this world system. Satan is the prince of power of the air. And we pray that uh, we'll just land on faith at the feet of Jesus with wise and intelligent minds and wonderful hearts. Lord, we don't want to condemn anybody, but neither do we want to be falsely accused. So help us to, to make clear your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, and we are back in the saddle, excited to be here. And uh, today, is human equality a myth? Well, biologically, the Bible says in Mark uh, 10.6, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. God made both, and he made both equally. The roles now, if there we, we go. If we're going to talk about the roles in, in the way God made us. Now, I will tell you this. It, it is not popular with feminist mentality, but it's the way God set it up. Genesis. It's been abused by, by men over the years, too. It's been to where they have leadership, but it's dictatorial. That's not right. biblical. Right, right. It's supposed to be servant leadership. Yeah. So you have 
the pendulum swing from masculine domination and and not servant spirit to you know from Adam would say from Satan's fib to Adam's rib to Satan's or women's lib. <laughs> <laughs> so the pendulum Satan doesn't care which side of this thing you're on. Just be wrong, you know. Well, and, and one thing that we as Americans do, uh, we have always seemed to have done this. Americans don't know how to adjust we swing far left far right far left far right our election cycle proves that yeah it's it's there's no hey let's make some minor adjustments how about a biblical center <laughs> wouldn't that be fantastic yeah, don't hold your breath <laughs> yeah right <laughs> genesis two eighteen says this and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make him a helper comparable to him Seems pretty equal to me. Yeah, it does. First Timothy 2, 12 through 13. <clears throat> this is where it starts ruffling the feathers now. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence for Adam was formed first and then Eve. Now, wait a minute. All of a sudden we are putting limitations while not us, the Bible. But this is where people will start getting juiced up a little bit. But it's biblical. It's biblical. We're just looking at the Bible. Ephesians 5.21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. And and people will look at it like uh, women don't have to submit to men. But that's not what the Bible says here. The Bible says that we are to submit to one another. Healthy balance. I always tell people, before God says to wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, two verses prior to that, he says, submit yourselves one to another. So you have this equality, totally different roles with biblical trickle-down authority. God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. They're equal. But Jesus submitted himself to the Father. That's not lack of equality. It's nope. just a different role. It's, it's to make things work, to hold people responsible, to be a spiritual leader. Uh, I have a mutual submission with my wife. But then when it comes time to make a big decision, after we've talked it out, mm-hmm. after I've listened to her view, she's listened to mine, we've pondered it. Sometimes we'll seek other people's counsel on it, on financial things, uh, how to handle but, a but thing. You got, but you guys work out the process, and the bottom line is, if you disagree, you have to make the decision. Exactly. And she she knows that. And she believes that just as much as I do. And she right. goes, hey, uh, we sought counsel. There's safety in multiple counselors. Uh, you've listened to me. You've heard it out. I don't land where you are, but I'm in submission to you. Mm-hmm. Follow you as you follow Christ. And if you're wrong, I pray that God will kick your butt. Right. <laughs> well, and as my, my wife will say the same thing. She's like, you got to answer to God. Yeah, yeah, and it's so cool because we look back on our 43 years together, and there's been like three times Mm -hmm. in 43 years, so this isn't like a daily thing, but big decisions. And then uh, she didn't see exactly what I saw in the moment. She said, hey, I'm committed unto the Lord. We've had due process. I'm just submitting to you and pray for the best. And, you know, every time it's worked out, Mm -hmm. three months, six months, a year down the road, she said God was in it, and I Mm -hmm. love where we're at. But she said the reason we were at peace together is of God's order of submission mm-hmm. and his, your call to leadership. And your leadership is with tenderness and meekness and love, and it just works. Right. Well, and uh, so my, my pastor used to always say, anything with two heads is a monster and anything with no head is dead. <laughs> Amen and FM. Right? So the reality is it has to come down to someone leading and God set it up that the man is the lead, but the Bible says submitting one to another in the fear of God, that is a reverence, servant, uh, servanthood mind. And so. all of that, all of that authority and um, uh, trickle down authority, uh, God set it in the Godhead for us and as an example into the marriage, into the home, into the business, into the workplace, into government. When you overthrow that authority, you have chaos. That's what we have now. That's where we are now. That's what we have now. Because they don't understand authority. They don't understand biblical equality. Well, because everybody's out after their own. I want what I want. And I don't care what it takes on someone else. So if we forget that mentality and we think, hey, what's best for the whole rather than what I want. And honestly, if you were to read in Ephesians chapter 5, 22 
23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Just keep reading down. The Bible explains what that looks like, and it's literally loving and respecting one another through the whole process, and, and you get on the same page. It's, that's not where somebody wins and somebody loses. Is it together, if you're not you're on the one. same page, everybody loses. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So uh, then the next one is talents. Uh, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Talents. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching. Then it goes on in the verse 8. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so if you have this gift, then you work the gift that God has given you. Yeah, it's, it's total equality, but it's a different uh, it's different a, gift. And it looks different. For, I, I, ministry looks different for different for people. Yeah, and I love the, the term that the scriptures use about fitly joined together in marriage, fitly join together in the church you know you uh by by your spiritual giftness uh, i know that you're a prophet my wife is too uh, uh i'm an exhorter i see things um, in a different manner than you do i need you to kind of strengthen me up a, a bit i think you uh, uh, prophets need exhorters to kind of uh connect them a little bit, maybe closer to people in, in the meantime. Yeah. Cause you got to soften us <laughs> <laughs> and you need, and I need toughened up. And so it's, it's, it, it really, it's, it's right. holy. It's, it's all holy. the gifts working together for the glorification of God. There you go. And it's so neat to, to appreciate the gift of other people mm. and not ha think that everybody has to be like me and think like me and humility. You recognize the gifts of others. Right. Then you learn to appreciate them and so much of the conflict just goes away. Yes, yes. James 3, 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. And so some of us, we are teachers. That's, that's what we do. We, we have the gift. And then some of us don't have the gift. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't have the gift, you don't need to take that role on. Amen. Because you will be held accountable for what you teach, what you share, what you do, what you say. And so everyone that wants the limelight, and it's so funny because I remember, and this has happened to me a few times after service, someone would come up to me and they'll go, I could do your job <laughs> because all they see is that one hour yeah. that I get up and I preach. Right. And they're like, I could do your job. And I, I've looked at them many times and said, if I could give you my job, <laughs> you could have it. It is tough sometimes to hang in there, right? Uh, and then wealth, when we look at wealth, right? Uh, Matthew 26, 11. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. And so, listen, we're always going to have the poor. The poor is always going to be here. But not because it's designed by God for them to be poor, but because sometimes the poor mentally can't get out of that. Yeah, it goes from generation to generation to generational poverty. We're going to talk about that too, right? Because I know some people are going to be, oh, no, no, no. You know, people are a product of their environment. No, people are going to stay. They're going to choose to stay a product of their environment. Because in America, there are so many opportunities to get out of that. I learned so much about poverty uh, when I went to third world countries in South America and saw real poverty where people could follow the rules and get as best education as they could and have character and work hard and still not really have opportunity. Right. Then I came back to American poverty and our poor live in nice, right. nicer houses than they do. And they have all the amenities. They have the microwave ovens. They have all the, the, all yeah, the, in comparison to other countries, we really don't have poor people. We don't have poverty at all compared in, to, compared to, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you, you just see the spirit of the, of the poor there in, and for me, it was Bolivia and Peru, but mostly in Bolivia, the spirit of the poor were, they were, they were a, a kindness and they weren't, um, they had no uh, spirit entitlement, entitlement mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I was losing <laughs> that word for a second. Now, where's that word? Yeah, they had no entitlement. And you go to visit their home, yeah. and they'll they'll take their last uh, quarter, and they'll go out and buy you a Coca-Cola just because they want to do something to be a blessing to you. There's no, um, just a humble spirit, and uh, they're rich. Yeah. They're rich in so many ways. And, it's well, it, and there are some people that they're born into it. I, I get that. 
But you know, the majority of America, of Americans, have had to work. Yeah, Ben Carson was born into it, and boy, what a story. His mama was illiterate, and she knew her boys needed to not, single mom, yep. and just work in humble jobs, illiterate, and she made him go to the library and read like five books a week, and little books when he was younger. And Yeah, uh, but look where he is today. Oh my goodness, he's one of the most inspirational men I've ever met. I love that guy too, and I love his stand, and oh, man, man, he gets, I got goosebumps. Uh, when he talks about how he goes in and he does surgery on the unborn child. Yeah. Literally they're in the womb and he goes in there Good and does brain oh, surgery. And goodness. What a, what a man, you know, but in Bolivia, he'd never have that opportunity. Right. Yeah. That's why I say, you know, in other countries we might have the poor without opportunity, but in America, I'm sorry, that excuse is gone. Yeah. And all we seem to want to do is coddle the poor in America and want to keep them poor. Kind of a guilt trip kind of, um, you know, to throw money at it and it doesn't really fix it. it. We need to throw character at it. We need to, as a society, bow to the feet of Jesus. And then there's, then we start experiencing a biblical equality right. and opportunity uh, through the local church. And when you get a young man from poverty with character and a good work ethic, you know, they can go so far. I'd say he won't stay in poverty long. Yeah, he won't. He won't. And, and so it's fantastic uh, to watch that happen because we know that in America they have that uh, right and ability to do that. Uh, so equal rights, man, equal rights has been a major theme in, uh, Western culture for centuries, yeah, right? This, this anti-slavery movement, suffrage movement for women. And of course the, the equal rights, uh, uh, things when I was a young man, uh, Martin Luther King, I'll sign on to that, uh, black people matter, but now this black lives matter movement, that's different from MLK. I noticed I was encouraged uh, uh, in the NBA they had the Black Lives Matter thing. That really is kind of an offense to me because I've I've been to their website. They're they're communists and they hate the family and they hate God and and they pray to minute, demons and they're open about it. Yeah, oh, wide open. Just go. To they want to destroy the family. They, they want to destroy the church. They, yeah, but the NBA really made a. Uh, I think they landed on a good place. They they put they replaced that with MLK. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll fight Good. with Martin Luther King. Anyway. They had to do something because they were sinking. Yeah, well, and it wasn't dunk balls either that were sinking. Yeah, man. Yeah, was, yeah, and I thought that was a tremendous correction. They made yeah, us start watching basketball yeah. a little bit again. But uh, you know that that movement, equal rights movement, and with women a movement, and uh, so this equal rights thing drives people right. for some kind of a justice. But but then but they they want it. They okay. Most people that are hung up on this equal rights thing think that the Bible supports that as well, that societal thinking. But it, the Bible does not support that. Yeah, you're going to, your next point, I think, is going to hit that, just completely open the eyes of understanding, the big V word as in value. Yeah, and that's what we're going to look at, man. How Listen, if, if we're going to look at uh, equality, what does the Bible say about it? So as we look at the inequality, and we've got to see it accurately, right? And so, and there are natural occurring inequalities from behavioral to voluntarily. Okay. There's, so there's a lot of different inequalities that we're going to look at today. God established the equal value of all human beings and he establishes it in Genesis one So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So when we read that all men are created equal, this is what it's talking about. God created all men equally in his image. Equal in value, fearfully and wonderfully made value. But now at that point, everything's going to be different. Yeah, if once, once we pass the value, but looking at the value, because God sets the value based on our likeness to him, right? And so when God sends his only son into the world to take away the punishment of sin that rightfully belongs to us, uh, that is equal value to all human beings. John three sixteen through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For whosoever is everyone, mm -hmm. equal value to come to him, God loved everyone equally by giving them the equal opportunity to come to Christ. And to have equal eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world, verse 17, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when we're talking the value of humanity, God has put that on an equal playing field. Yep. He loved all equally, called all equally, 
and equally gave everyone an opportunity. Whosoever will may drink of the water of life freely. So God set our value based upon our likeness to him. That's the foundation. That's the foundation. Equal value. And then he confirms our value, like a forever confirmation of our value, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so he forever confirms our value in him, in Christ. So when God looks at value, he's so far, we're all equally valuable to God. There's an equal playing field. Begins in the womb. Prior to death, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee and mm. ordained thee and called thee. He said, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, and equality for the aged. Yep. Uh, dignity, human dignity, respect of life. And now we have Satan's view of, of life. Kill the babies and uh, euthanasia. Uh, kill the elderly. Just let them pass on. They're Isn't no that longer crazy? valuable. That which was is valuable to God is not valuable to this system. They're fighting yeah. for equality. In, in a sense, in a non-biblical way. And then destroying... And destroying the babies, the most innocent, and... Uh, and the elderly with the most wisdom. Yeah, yeah. Because the elderly remembers and knows how to obtain the freedom in God. Uh, so let's get rid of them. Uh, never mind. Okay, that's another thing. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Okay, so so for this reason alone, the reason that God establishes our value, he confirms our value, and every human being has infinite and equal value in the sight of God, Colossians 3.11 says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And so it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, it's equal in Christ. I remember uh, learning in Sunday school as a little boy, it wasn't really a biblical-centered church, but it was a great song with great theology. Red and yellow. Black and white. They are precious. In his sight. Amen. Right? That's, that's foundational. You know, children have that foundation. I know that song. As <laughs> <laughs> I was smoking weed, you know, and uh, I, need, I just, I just needed Jesus. It's like that's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> it is a great song. It, you is. Know? it is. But when children grow up with that, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Mm-hmm. There's no racism there. Right. There's equality in right. value. In value, and and Galatians three twenty eight says the same thing. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, this is not equality in roles. We discussed that earlier. This is not equality in position. This is equality in relationship to God. And uh, it's not equality and opportunities in this world. People in Bolivia are never going to have the opportunities uh, to do business the way my son had opportunity. And uh, it's just, uh, we're in a fallen world. And really, I know this is coming in, in, in your text, but all this division and, and not understanding what biblical equality is and all this fussing and fighting is all the result of sin. It's, it is. And, and when Christ says, listen, we're all equal in him, in value, in opportunity to go to heaven, um, we're all equal in that. Yep. This is that vertical equal that we're going to talk about. I'm just waving my hands after I've warned Walter to quit doing that. I'm now doing it. (laughs) Um, So as we look at this, it says uh, we can declare that all who believe in Christ for salvation, they are equal. But now, uh, but we're different in parts of his body or in roles. And different roles and different gifts, different opportunities. I just reading through the law and there were people God gave the opportunity to be Levites and serve in the kingdom work that wasn't afforded opportunity to any of the other 11 tribes. It wasn't like God loved that one tribe better. It's just, it's just the sovereignty of God. He has the will. I'm going to give this tribe opportunity to do this. I'm going to give the other tribes opportunities to do other things. Yeah, absolutely. Ephesians 5.30, it says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So we're members. Well, if you look at members of the body, there are different members of your body that have different jobs to do, but all are equally valuable. Mm-hmm. You find out how valuable your ureters are. 
from your <laughs> kidney to your bladder when kidney stones appear. I promise you. Johnny and I know all about that. But, oh, my goodness, dude. It's not a very visible part of the body, but I'll tell you what, it can cause you a lot a of pain. A lot, a lot of pain. Uh, well, and I had a friend of mine, as a matter of fact, he, he's a comedian, and uh, we're going to be having him in the church, but uh, he had his big toe cut off. And that big toe on that foot makes a big difference. And if nothing else, he can never wear a flip-flop again. (laughs) (laughs) It flips and it flops. It flips and it flops. Sideways. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. We're not talking value here now. Equality is still the same. But there are different members with different purposes that have different opportunities or different jobs. This is such a no-brainer. You would think. (laughs) You would think. So to disrespect or to abuse another person based on physical, racial, mental, um, or socioeconomic uh, differences is wrong. It's completely wrong. James talks about that in James chapter 2. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings, fine apparel, and there should come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand there, or you sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And then he goes on, and for sake of time, I'm not going to read it all, but God says, look, you you don't show partiality because one is in finer apparel than the other. Man, you love everyone equally. Or you don't show favoritism because somebody's race. Or you don't show favoritism because somebody has been very successful in this world, an entertainer, you know, a politician shows up and we give them special recognition. Uh, equality, but different roles. And boy, when you get this, it just takes a lot of... <laughs> social pressure then you feel sorry for the world because they're caught up in all this i remember when i was lost and i was fighting for equal rights and i felt so helpless and and i made enemies and i I made fool of myself i was trying to do the right thing i was just uh (laughs) i was just biblically ignorant and uh when i found out equal but that's what makes the difference and then i learned different roles different gifts it just all of a sudden that which was a frustration to you becomes a blessing yes and and the reality is people get caught up in selfish desires and that's what twists this whole equality thing up. Yeah. Um, vertically, remember I said earlier, vertically, all humans are equal in value and all believers are equal in, in Christ. The foundation. It's, that's the foundation. Now, physically, intellectually, emotionally, uh, economically, uh, by every earthly comparison, human beings are unequal. Where, I think I maybe just use the word different than unequal. Unequal sounds like a real, uh, that's not fair. Well, but in reality, it's just reality. It's reality, but we have to use the word unequal because that's the way society is looking at it. Right Absolutely, now. they are. They're like, oh, it's unequal because he's tall and she's short. Well, listen, my wife is five foot. Okay, I'm, I, was, I was generous. She's, she's almost, she's four nine. She'll tell you four eleven, but that's where her hair poofed up. Uh, I'll, I'll give her 410. I'll, I'll compromise a meter in the middle. She's 410. Okay, I'm, Johnny, she's 410, and, and you married way up, dude. <laughs> I married way up, right? right? And I'm six foot. So where's the inequality in that? So she can't reach things on the top shelf, and I can't get into small spaces without bumping my head. So... Fitly joined together. We're yeah, and you know what? The reality is, yeah. we're both equal because I have my my pros to being tall, but I have my cons to being tall. She has her pros for being short, and she has her cons for being being yeah. short. So the reality is, we're still equal. But if you leave it up to the world, who says, "Oh no, she has been shortchanged," no pun intended. Yeah, it was, and <laughs> you know, she's been. No, she hasn't. Yeah, it's unequal. It's not fair. You have more strength than she has. That's not fair. It's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, it, and that's so with the world, we just look at it completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, short, tall, thin, fat, weak, brilliant, rich, poor. Uh, evidence of human inequality is everywhere when you look at it from the human eye. Absolutely. But if you look at it according to the gospel, we're still all equal. Yeah. 
It, 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 it's just, okay, what are you looking at it? But here's an interesting thing. God makes no apologies for creating us different from one another. And I say different, that was your word. I say different because God made us different for his glory. And we're not unequal. We're equal to do everything God's created us to do. You know, this is a point I like to jump in for a moment as, as, as John introduced me to the theme of, of today's podcast and I did my pondering and he does a heavy lifting. He gets all the verses and lays them all out and I just kind of show up and, but there, I think there's one underlying thing is there's, there's two views of things. You have the immediate view, the worldly view, the now view, the temporary view versus the eternal. God lays out the eternal thing. Okay, God, uh, God brought me to, to New York. I had a guy tell me, uh, said, well, if you, if you move to Texas, you could build a church of 2000. Well, God didn't call me to Texas. And, and so you wouldn't build a church of 2000 because you would be where God didn't want you to be. And so that's just the wrong way of looking at it. And he meant well. He was trying to, to build me up. But I don't look at I didn't buy into that for a second because God is sovereign. God brought me to New York. He's given me ability. We don't collect too many Christians into our churches here in New York. We have, right. to, we have to win people. We got to win them. There, There's no Christians right. out there to, to kind of come shift over to be part of what right. we're doing. We have to win souls to Christ. And that he that wins souls is wise. So I'm, I'm in a place of wisdom for me. I can right. win people instead of collecting Christians who are already committed. Well, and how about this? If you came to New York and you only won one person to Jesus, it'd be better than being in Texas and collecting a hundred. Well, you did exactly what God wanted you to do. So you're actually in a better place than the guy that goes to Texas, knowing that he shouldn't have went to Texas. You see, Johnny, that's the eternal view and that's yeah. the right view. Yeah. And, but the, the temporary view, Oh, you could, uh, you could have more Christians come and listen to you preach in Texas than I, and I love Texas. Right, <laughs> I go right. there in a second. Uh, it's not a slam on Texas at all. But the reality is there's a sovereignty of God. God wants people in New York to go to heaven right. too. So he called guys like you and I, he knew we were not quitters. We knew we were Amen. kind of tough in certain ways and we'd trust him for everything and come up here and pay whatever price was exacted upon us to, to build churches. Right. And, uh, our names are not in light, so we're not called to speak at, at the big conferences, and uh, and we've not tried to become somebody among the brethren, but God is sovereign. He brings us to New York because he loves New Yorkers. He wants them to know Jesus. So God is always doing everything he does on the eternal uh, value Absolutely. instead of uh, the temporary. But but we get we just get so lost in the temporary because it's what we see and what we can do rather than who we can trust. Well, people in the world without Christ, Satan's the prince of power, they don't even think of they eternity. It's all about now, right. getting rich now. He that win, dies with the most toys wins. I know, no, right? No, yeah. that, that, that's from the devil. That's well, not true. Yeah, and, and depending on the toys you get, it's from the devil too. So listen, but I love the fact that God makes no apologies for making anyone different. And everyone different because we're all different. That's the truth of it, right? Yeah. Exodus 4.11 says this. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? God says like, look, I've, I've made them. I know who they are. I know what they're about. And, and you know what? In Jesus's day, the beggars were commonplace but yet Jesus did not lead a political crusade to redistribute, to redistribute, to redistribute, distribute, <laughs> distribute, to redistribute the wealth. Yeah. I couldn't get that word out. Right. But he and didn't I couldn't lead. help you. I couldn't yeah, help you. Yeah, but he couldn't lead the, he, Jesus never led a crusade to, to justify or to give the, the riches money to the poor. You see, that would have been in the temporary view. Now we see in the Bible, Lazarus died. He was poor. He was, and the rich man died. And in hell, he left up his eyes. Lazarus was poor in this world's good, but rich in faith. And he has yep. eternal life. You think Lazarus is going to be complaining in heaven. I was so poor on earth. It's like maybe God used his poverty to bring him to Christ. And so, you know, the Bible does talk about helping, uh, the four, if I have food and somebody's hungry, I'm going to feed them. Of course I am. I'm not going to respect somebody that has a lot of money and disrespect somebody that doesn't have any. Uh, 
the Bible teaches how to yeah, treat Yeah, and by the people. way, if you have a, just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to hell, and just because you're poor doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You have Absolutely. to decide on Christ. But the bottom line is uh, the riches of this earth and the riches of heaven are not the same because every one of us are equal, and we can have the riches in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Every one of us. I think if you just land on the value thing and the eternal uh, view, so much of this uh, confusion goes, it goes away. away. It just goes away. Um, one of the interesting things is inequalities in physical abilities and financial resources are occasions for us, us being everyone, to practice loving our neighbors as ourselves. And and I'm going to tell you that looks different. You know, listen, I I I I am not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination or even near the the definition of, of wealthy. But you know what? I've helped a multitude of millionaires mm-hmm. because my job is to help them see things on a spiritual level that they may not have seen. And I win them to Jesus and it changes their whole life. Uh, so I can help the wealthy. And you know, the reality is the wealthy can come in and they can help me mm-hmm. uh, and they can help me help others. It, it just looks different. And we need to use, we need to use our differences to love our neighbors as ourselves. Leviticus 19.18, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Boy, we've lost this along the way lately, haven't we? Sure we we have. Romans 13.9, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 31, and the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. We're all different, and that's why we can help one another. We show value we, to no matter who they are. No matter who. That, that just that, that foundation, when you have that biblical foundation of thinking, a biblical worldview, right. seeing everything through the eyes of Jesus, mm-hmm. naturally, you just love them. Well, and here's the thing. If you look at it through the eyes of Jesus, then if you're wealthy, you don't look at the poor and go, I can't hang out with them. You look at the poor and go, man, how can I get them where I am? Mm-hmm. How can I help them? How can I help them? And then if you're poor, you don't look at the riches as, oh, they got all the money. They owe me. But you look at them and say, how can they teach me? How can they help me get where they are if that be the case? But, but we can always help one another if we quit. I mean, it's, it's, always, it's always on the human side that we divide. It's never yeah. on God's side. Yeah. God uses uh, inequalities to teach and develop the character of Christ in us and those who we serve. John 9, 1 through 3. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. I love this passage. This is awesome. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You know, what's not in here is in here is apparently they believed in um, reincarnation. They have to. Mm -hmm. Who, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Yeah, it's kind of foundational in thinking of paganism of of their day, yeah. and you got to remember they're still growing and learning in Christ, so it was reasonable for them to ask this. And then Jesus says in verse three, "Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him." Listen, this man is born blind because I'm going to get the glory for this, and and through his through his blindness, people are going to get vision. So God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing. And it goes back to what I read in Exodus 411, mm-hmm. where he says, have I not, have not I, the Lord made the seeing and the blind mm-hmm. Well, God, why did you do that? So I get the glory and through his blindness, the lost will get vision. That, that's get a huge sight. point. That's a huge point, Johnny. The, the ultimate theme of the universe is the glory of God, the glory of God. And when you, when you have that biblical worldview, it's like, okay, this, this is a problem. They're blind. It gives me opportunity to show uh, kindness to the blind and, and courtesy to the blind and help them and to love them unconditionally, make right. them feel their value. And, you know, Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf, said something that's way worse than uh, uh, blindness is having vision and cannot see. Yeah. And so it, having sight and no vision. Yeah. yeah that's, I might, might have said that wrong. Yeah. But, uh, 
Wow. Well, I have daughters that are interpreters for the deaf, and sometimes they do deaf and blind, and it's really neat because they have to get very close, and they, the people actually feel them as they do their Isn't sign that, language. They, wow. they, they take their hands up against their hands, and they feel the hand. They can't see their hands, but they feel their hands, and it's just so precious to see yeah. my daughters uh, um, signing to deaf and blind. One thing to the to the deaf, yeah, but yeah, the deaf but to and the blind, blind too. It's so neat, and they uh, communicate so deeply, right? And then those yeah, who, but, but that's as personal as you can get, really, when mm-hmm. you come to communication, because you are intimately involved now. Yeah, and they're just it's touch. You know, I've had uh, uh, blind uh, blind people reach up and touch and feel my face and just very lightly touch, and it's kind of like that's how they see you. And I I just find that very fascinating. And I know from a biblical worldview, their blindness is temporary. They're going right. to have sight right. for eternity in Christ if their yeah. their deafness is uh, is temporary. So man, just having a biblical worldview changes everything, it, doesn't it? It it goes right back to it. Philippians four seventeen. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit oh, that amen. abounds to your account. Amen, amen, amen. Right, and so that's that's when the these quote unquote inequalities, they're they're really not inequalities. They're opportunities for us to add to people's lives. Ah, oh, screaming awesome, ain't it? You know, uh, Luke six thirty eight. Given and to be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so this isn't inequality. This is opportunity. Yeah, there you go. That's that's so amazing. And, and, and when you experience this in everyday life, every, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really you got one group over here complaining because of inequality, and they're mad and angry, and they're burning down cities. And over here, you got a group of people just... Yeah. Love conquered it all, and okay, the, the, I, you got earlobes, I don't, but I still love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, if you're building a house, man, who do you call? You call the brick work, uh, mason. You call the a guy who works with electricity, the guy who works with the plumbing, the guy who builds the framework. The uh, Then you call in your, your carpet guy, and you call in your tile guy, and you call in your – I mean, listen, if everybody only knew how to uh, run a nail – where would we be? Mm-hmm. These aren't inequalities. These are opportunities for everyone to come together to build a wonderful home. Yeah. It almost gets exciting, doesn't it, when the truth sets you free? Yeah, but here's the problem. So much of mankind's inequality is due to sin's effects. effects. Yep. Disease, racism, poverty, injury, deformity, all are due to the curse of the world uh, because the world is under uh, sin. Genesis three sixteen through 19. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children or kidney stones. Your desire shall be for the husband <laughs> and you shall, he shall rule over you. And, and so then it goes and there's on. There's the whole feminist movement in that, in that passage. It, it is right from the beginning. And so then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it. You were taken for dust. You are and to dust. You shall return. There is a curse on all of humanity because of sin, because of the fall, because of sin. And you see the women's lip movement there. You see Adam and, and his failure. Uh, he becomes a, a poor uh, leader, uh, dominant leader, dictator. And I don't mean Adam himself, but his his descendants. And so if you, if you see my phone, I thought I had it off back yeah, there. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, it'll yeah, stop I'm looking at moment. you like, you didn't turn your phone <laughs> you off. You had it off there, John. <laughs> <laughs> Another failure is the result of shin, you know, what I'm talking about. What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> but the, Dude, what, how long is that ringer set for? Uh, about 75 rings, you know. I'm a little slow to get to it, so. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Everything is a result of sin. And that's when you come to Jesus, he's the remedy for sin. Right. And you stop seeing it in anger and you start seeing it in love. You stop seeing it in frustration. And you start seeing well, it in opportunity. Psalm 107.34, a fruitful land into barrenness, 
America was a fruitful land, dude, and we were quickly going into barrenness. And here's the rest of the verse. For the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's the wickedness, the sin, the evil that destroys humanity and the land. The nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. Some, I think it's chapter 8. Wrong verse, wrong reference. But it, yeah. it's just, it, but we, we bring this on. We, we truly bring this on to ourselves. Romans 8, through 23. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And when, when it talks about the whole creation groans, it's because everything feels the effects of sin. And the remedy is Jesus, not politics. The remedy is Jesus, not more money. Mm-hmm. And you, you take a society that forgets God, and so they try to fix man's problems with man's ways, and it only makes the problem worse. Absolutely. And so the Bible shows us that God takes note of the helpless. We've seen that. Uh, and he expects those with better circumstances to bear burdens of those without. Absolutely. We're expected to do this, guys. As I don't have a problem pointing this out. You shall neither mistreat a stranger nor oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any way and they cry at me at all, I surely hear their cry. And so God says, don't afflict them. He doesn't say you got to take your riches and make them rich or give it to them. He says, listen, you don't afflict them. You don't attack them. You don't persecute them. You don't oppress them. If you can help them, help them. If you have, if you have what they need to help them, don't say I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. Give them a sandwich and something to drink. And yeah, a place to stay. You have opportunity to 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 improve their life. Yeah, Deuteronomy ten eighteen. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So once again, uh, we see it. Zechariah 7.10, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. We are not to, to attack them, but that doesn't mean that we violate the laws either. Mm-hmm. You know, we, people think, oh, well, if you don't give them what you got, you're not taking care of your neighbor. No, if I don't oppress them and attack them, I'm still taking care of my neighbor. It, mm-hmm. We have to pay attention to what's going on and help them uh, how we can. There's another layer to that biblically. You have the responsibility as someone who has to share what we have, but then there's also responsibility on the part of those that that are receiving my blessings. The Bible says, don't cast your pearl before swine. Uh, If they won't receive the truth, sometimes people just need truth and we bring them truth and they and they don't receive it. The Bible says, cast the dust from off your feet and, and move on. And the greatest thing we have to give to people is truth. Yes. The gift of eternal life. But then we always think of it in, in the ec- social economic thing, you know, and then you have this thing called white guilt, which I don't feel at all. I've, 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 I've been blessed. Right. I, I was born in America and not Bolivia. The color of my skin means nothing. There's only one race before God. But, uh, we, you just begin to get the biblical view of well, value. Here's the biblical view of how people need to help people. I love this because in first Timothy five, three, and it says this honor widows who are really widows. Mm-hmm. So qualifies you, them. That's right. So now they're qual. That's right. They, they qualify as the widow who are really widows But look at this in verse four. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents for this is good and acceptable before God. Now, she who is really a widow and left alone, trust in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. And it goes on. But we have lost. Listen, people want society to take care of their parents. It's supposed to be the family. It's takes the care. family that takes care of them. Let's keep this in order. But see, 
an evil satanic influence will will break up the the biological family, the nuclear family, separate children from their parents, and then ultimately the state comes in and takes care of the parents. And the state, when they have when they throw their money at, then they take control. Right, and that's the direction of this world: concentration of control, ultimately in an antichrist. So all this breakdown of the family, all this breakdown of society, removing of God, and then government becomes God, God with a little G. That's right. And the government is not a compassionate God. So now we're going to switch over to behavioral inequalities. Another huge point. The Bible draws a distinct line between fools and wise people. Proverbs 10, 8. The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. How about Proverbs 10, 14? Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. How about Proverbs 17, 28? Even a fool is counted wise when he shuts up. I mean, when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. <laughs> KMS, keep mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Ecclesiastes 9.17. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. And so the Bible clearly talks about the wise and the fool. And what I'm going to do here is I want to run down through this, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but you have to hear it. Because there's some people who have this victim mentality, and these are the ones that I'm talking to right now that we are going to bring out. Uh, many people suffer the, neg uh, the negative effects of inequality because their decisions are constantly foolish. They live to please themselves. They listen to bad counsel. They refuse to learn from their mistakes. Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. It, and it's constant, dude. And especially in, in today's society. Ben Carson's mom didn't buy into that mentality at all, did she? No, and she look did what, not. Look what God came. But you know what? Her. Ben didn't buy into it either. He sure didn't. You know, he, he made it a point. And that's why when they're like, oh, blacks don't have a chance. Oh, poor people don't have a chance. But he violated both those rules. Yeah, he sure did. What a what an amazing human being. How about Oprah Winfrey? Mm -hmm. Dude, Oprah Winfrey, uh, I mean, I don't agree with her. I will put it to you that way. But you know what? She grew up poor. She did, and she made the best of it. And Look she, where she's yeah. at today. Mm -hmm. All right, Isaiah 32, 6. For the foolish person will speak foolishness, and his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied, and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. People live to please themselves, and they listen to bad counsel, they refuse to learn from their mistakes, and they bring other people with them. And they choose immediate gratification over long-term gain. Mm-hmm. Man, we've seen this. Everybody wants the immediate. That's why so many people are on unemployment right now. They're not on unemployment because they can't get a job. Everybody's hiring. Nobody's nobody's nobody working work. yeah. because our government is foolish, stupid, and ignorant, and run by foolish, stupid, ignorant people. You see, they're just operating their plan, the plan to, for control. Right. It, it is stupidity, but it accomplishes their ultimate goal. Because here's what happens. Listen, everyone's staying at home, and, oh, they're making big money staying at home. They're making their salary plus 300 a week. Got it. They're making more money staying at home if they go to work. But here's what's going to happen that they don't know because they're foolish. They're going to collapse the system. They're going to collapse the system. All these small businesses and other businesses that, since there's nobody to work to keep them open, they go away. There's no more jobs. So then when the unemployment runs out, now all of a sudden people have to go to work, but now there's no work to be done because nobody survived the stupid leaders that paid lazy people to stay home. You're reading my mind now, Johnny. <laughs> You're reading my thoughts. Dude, they're killing us. Yeah. Listen, out of greed and, and out of ignorance and out of selfishness and out of immediate gratification, they're staying home, collapsing our system to to have what? An extra an extra twelve hundred dollars a month, but in the long term, they're gonna have nothing. 
And they're running the prices up of everything so high that who cares if you make $20 an hour now because everything costs so much more money that you it's like when you were making 10 and the economy was doing well. You gained nothing. Yeah. You violate God's word. It goes bad to worse every time. Right? Right in our face. I am. It's righteous anger, by the way. I just want you to know that. It's righteous anger right now. And I think, okay. Mm. Satan's behind it all. Mm. To, to gain control. And they call it inequality. It's not inequality. It's just stupid people being lazy. Yep. Yeah. It just man's that They don't work. understand what they're doing to our, our society and so our That's economy. where I disagree with you. I think they do understand what they're doing. Now, the, 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 the people on the bottom who are just little little pawns on, on the devil's strings, uh, little little puppets on the, on the devil's string, but the, the devil knows oh, yeah. what he's doing. He's the, yeah. And he's doing it right under our noses. But people are so blinded that live for the greed. I right. get money. Did you get your check? You know, it's like, what about the people that really need the check? Right. And that money's not there for those that really need it. How about I how no about problems for that? So how about this for crazy, right? Because people right now are all about this this immediate gratification over long-term gain. They wonder why their lives are a mess. But how about this? Because of all this money that they're taking, that they know they could go out and get a job tomorrow and make money. Um, Social Security, you notice they're not getting a raise. Mm -hmm. People on Social Security are still at $1,200 a month, $1,300 a month, $1,500 a month, a month. Meanwhile, jack legs out there that are jack wagon people that aren't out there working, dude, they're destroying everything. They're getting, they're getting Social Security money that, Mm -hmm. that we could get a rate. We could give a raise to them. I'm so, dude, I, I, hmm. This makes me angry. You're living in a fallen world. Remember what you just read from the scripture. You're living in the last days. The prophets told us what to expect, and it's in our face. I know. And got to switch to the back back of the book. We know. But but this is but this is that ripple effect that we're talking about. People, you know, that when you throw the rock into the pond, and that ripple effect, it is it is poor decision upon poor decision upon poor decision upon poor decision that has destroy that is destroying this nation. Mm -hmm. And and they want to call it inequality. They want to call it white supremacy. They want to call it racism. They want to call it like they want to call it all this stuff. But the reality is, it's just freaking straight up ignorance and sin and sin. Which, yeah, yeah. And Jesus is the only answer. I'm to glad I that. took my blood pressure medicine. I'm glad you did too. It made me scared, John. Yeah, between uh, heart attack, high blood pressure, and kidney stones, you know, we're on thin ice here right now. John and I share uh, kidney stone uh, stories uh, together this morning. You know, I just came out of mine, and he's just heading back into his. So, okay, here's crazy for you. I'm getting ready to do a wedding. I'm li- literally walking the the dock, getting ready to go on top of the dock. Beautiful. Love this couple. Outdoor wedding, Lake George. Outdoor region. wedding, Lake George. Paradise. It was and it was blue skies. It was beautiful. I'm walking up to get ready to do the wedding and all of a sudden in a parade with a bridal party yeah, to uh, the site. Yeah, what the happens? best man's following me. Everyone's following me. Yeah, we're he's the pastor leading the procession. And what happens? And it's like, bam, kidney stone <laughs> slams me and takes my breath away. And so as I'm doing the wedding, I have a kidney stone that is putting me in excruciating pain. I'm sweating so bad it's dripping on my lapel. I had to do the squeegee effect on my head. It's hard to pronounce couples, husband and wife, when you're in a fetal position, isn't it, John? (laughs) And I'm trying to get through this. I'm sweating so bad trying to deal with this. And and I love this couple. They're a wonderful couple, man. Just so amazing. And you don't want to mess up their day. Oh, boy. So now I'm sweating more because of anxiety. I'm sweating because of pain. I'm sweating because, like, now this whole thing is toppling over Come on quickly, me. quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to hang in there and get through. So, yeah, is that the, the, the kidney stones, we have shared the stories. John and I are stoner years. brothers. <laughs> the past <laughs> to the present. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So talk about stones. We're going to get on this rock and we were talking about the rock into the pond and the ripple effect, right? And it's, it goes on even after your initial decisions and actions have stopped. 
reap what we sow. The same way with this economy, it's going to keep falling because of the ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, listen, people aren't going to work, so now our lumber's skyrocketing because there's nobody to do jobs. It's just that ripple effect, right? And then, rather than taking on responsibility, uh, people start accusing. And they won't take responsibility for their own actions that make it someone else's fault. And so the foolish people, literally, they will pass their behavioral flaws onto their children because they're going to teach their children what they do. And their children are going to grow up to believe that they're victims of life and society and even victims of God. How can God be so unfair to make a blind man? And all of a sudden, what you have is you have a society... uh, much like America today. Blame shifters reproduce another generation. And it goes shifters. on and on and on. Exodus 20, uh, chapter 20, verses 5 and 6, talks about how inequality can be handed down. It says here in 5, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, not jealous of them, but jealous for them. He wants them to love him. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And so literally what happens to the third and fourth generation, it goes and goes and goes until somebody breaks the cycle. Um, and Carson's mom, and she broke the cycle, and uh, look what happened. Well, and how about, yeah, because how about this? I mean, you, you have a kid who goes, who grows up, and as he's growing up says, I'm not going to raise my children like this. Amen. They break the cycle. and But most people don't break, they're not willing to break the cycle because, it's, because society supports victim mentality. Society supports the inequality, and we got to make it right. Society says, Oh, woe is you, poor is you. Oh, you shouldn't have it that way. The rich man shouldn't be rich. He should give you his money. The society not just supports, but feeds and encourages this destructive behavior. Maxine Waters gets richer and richer and moved out of her neighborhood, and uh, just the whole cycle goes on. Uh, and, oh, and uh, how about Al Sharpton? Oh, Bubba everyone. is not hurting. How about how about Jesse Jackson? Jesse, all of them. Yeah. All of them. Race baiters. Race they're, baiters instead of race helpers. They're okay. They're exactly, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. MLK helped, and these guys just race bait. It's horrible, what, you know, man. God's plans. God's uh, uh, principles work, and the world's principles only make things worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I put this statement in here. It says this statement from God serves as a warning to foolish parents who run to addictions, money illicit relationships or popularity to meet their needs instead of running to God. There you go. There you go. And parents go, Oh, children are resilient. You know why children are resilient? Because you gave them no other choice. I was, I was, I got a phone call Sunday morning at six 30 in the morning from an ER doctor at Albany med who calls me and says, uh, somebody I know gave it that went in there because of suicidal tendencies, gave him my number and said, call my pastor. Mm-hmm. Even though the person hardly ever comes to the church. They used to, but they haven't for a while. So as he and I are talking, he's telling me how this eight-year-old is walking out into the woods. And his mother sees him go out into the woods. And so she follows him. She's following behind. She's like, where in the world is he going? They get out to the woods. He gets to his spot. And the doctor was telling me this eight-year-old boy took a rope, tied it around a branch, took a camouflage blanket, and tied it around the rope, took a step ladder and had it up into the camouflage. And the idea was that he would kick the ladder out, hang himself, and then have the camouflage wrapped around him so nobody would see him. They would never find him. How sad. Eight years old. And he says, he said, you know, I would get like one of those a week that come in here. He goes, I am getting them three and four a night. And the whole reason is, is because foolish parents 
They run to their addictions. They run to their money. They run to their relationships. They have to be popular. They have to be in all this. And, and we've forgotten how to teach our children or allow our children to be children and then to teach them how to be functioning adults in society. And what we've done is a lot of people, not all, a lot of people have captured the idea of entitlement mentality. You owe me. Woe is me. I'm a, uh, uh, there's, you know, things are, there's no uh, equal nothing in, in this world, right? Everything's like, uh, God's designed all of us equally. What we have to do is we have to start looking at it his way and quit looking at it our way. Amen. We have to quit serving ourselves and serve one another. Inequality, the only thing that makes inequality is our attitude toward equality. The only thing that separates people is our attitude toward people. If we're going to make a difference, we got to look at it God's way. We have to look at it and say, you know what? We have abilities that we can, that would be profitable to society. God has given me gifts. God's given everyone gifts gifts when it's all about me it's going to be a problem but when it stops being all about me it becomes all about god and others the problem J-O-Y, goes away jesus first oh others second why yourself last and we're living in a world of just beating beating its head against the this uh, worldly uh, demonic lies they're buying into the lies and it goes from bad to worse and jesus is the victory jesus is the only way guys Let me tell you something. God's blessing or the lack of them may appear to be unequal, but we're warned of the cycle of sin. It's the cycle of sin that's destroying us as a family unit and us as a nation. Some inequalities are part of God's plan and part of his design, and he has shared that through the scriptures. But others are Mm man-made. And we not only have them, but we encourage them when we feed them. But I want to assure you this, all inequalities will be taken care of when Jesus comes again. Guys, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow. Share it with someone that you may know. Until next week, God bless. Amen.